Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I missed you over the weekend. I'm so glad we're back together today. I'm looking forward to the week. It's going to be wonderful. My friend Patrick Albanese is going to be joining me in just a minute to get the week started. I always like starting off on a lighter note. For those of you who have just started listening to the program, Patrick is a longtime friend and performer and comedian and We like to look at life through a slightly different lens and try to see what can we find entertaining in some of the subjects today. Uh, We take uh, things very seriously, except ourselves. Patrick, welcome. (laughs) That's great. You know, I I think you finally summed it up. 20, what have I known you? 21 years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We take everything seriously but ourselves. Yeah. I've had one of those busy days too. I, I went into, I, I started a, a job and I, I, I apologize uh, for not being more prepared for today's show, but I was so busy at work. I didn't have any time to go on social media to find out what I'm supposed to be upset about. <laughs> so uh, You don't even know what you're supposed well, to be mad about today, do you? No, I feel like I'm missing out. I I am absolutely positive that uh, a couple of minutes on Twitter or Facebook, I could probably find uh, some friends upset about something, and they might even take me along for the ride. And and, and sometimes I go along for the ride. I, I think I've talked about this. There was a magazine article a few years back on New Year's, and they said, by the way, here's a calendar for all things you were supposed to be upset about on each day of the previous year, 365 different things to be upset about. And as you peruse the list, you were, you were lucky to remember 10% of them. Wow. It. You're like, oh, gosh. But that's oh what my. you were so mad about. I mean, something had to be done, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I did nothing, which I guess is something. So <laughs> I'm not, uh, it was, it was amazing. And it, it should have been a bit of an eye opener to, to say, gosh, uh, stuff changes pretty quickly. And maybe if you just take the side of God, what would he want me to focus on? Uh, I might be a little bit happier for it. You know, that's happiness now, right yeah. here. You have kind of reduced uh, some of your time on social media. I know that you, you like to see what's going on and you like to see different perspectives. And But you've really cut back, which I'm kind of proud of. I think you're happier. Yeah. It, the thing I've uh, th- that I liked about Twitter initially, uh, you know, I used to like to read blog posts, but it could just bog down your day and people tend to be a, a little bit wordy. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think I've told you this, I would love to start a website, uh, called get to the point.com .tv, whatever it would take, because let's say you say, you know, I'd like to watch a video on how to brush my teeth properly. So, uh, what would that take? 15, 20 seconds. Like somebody comes in who's maybe a dentist or a hygienist and says, here's what you do. Uh, instead the video starts out, 
I bet you're like me and you've had this question. How do I brush my teeth properly? Well, here's one of the reasons why you want to. And then they go on for about three minutes about why you should brush your teeth properly. And you mm-hmm. say, where, where, when do we get to the point where you actually teach me how to do this skill? This, <laughs> this, this, this is, I would like to learn how to brush my teeth properly so that I'm not stuck in a dentist's office with somebody like you who apparently likes to talk. <laughs> so, uh, but it's it's uh, so Twitter was to reduce my time on these lengthy blog posts, and I would follow certain people that would say these are the things that are trending, uh, and uh, here's you know here's 140 characters explaining in a nutshell what it is, and if you want to find out more, now you can click the link and read the expanded version, and I loved it for that, and then Twitter somehow or another got very personal and. Uh, you know, I don't, I received a message the other day, I, I guess something I had commented on a couple of months ago, uh, and somebody took a stab at me for dropping out of the conversation. I said, I don't even, <laughs> <laughs> do I respond to this person? So you were digging through something from three months ago and said, where did Patrick go? <laughs> oh, funny. Funny. Yeah, I, now, like, I now, don't know if I need this in my life. Now, back to your earlier topic, you were talking about, you know, the correct way to brush your teeth. Now, I know that you were just throwing that out as something interesting to say, and I f- did find it inter- interesting, but it is not bad to have a little refresher course every now and then on how to do some basic things because you well, do get sloppy. Yes. Okay. So uh, I don't, I might have mentioned it. I had to. Oh, have you, oh, you mentioned cleaning. it. <laughs> I mentioned it. <laughs> I heard about you whine the whole way to the appointment. I was kind of hoping there'd be a check in the mail saying, buy yourself something nice, (laughs) like a lollipop, you know, some, (laughs) some, 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 some caramels that get stuck in the teeth. Uh, so I had the deep cleaning and I found out things at, at my, you know, cause as you know, I am in my, I can't say late, late, late fifties, late, 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 yeah, late, 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 extremely, extremely late forties. So it's devastatingly really late forties. <laughs> it is. It is later than it should be. <laughs> I should not be out this late in my forties. Well, you're going to eat uh, in twenty minutes. You're going to have your dinner in twenty minutes. So you're on schedule. I am on schedule, yeah. and it's rice pudding night. So I know. I so you're excited. But uh, so my get to the point dot org tells you because I get to the point dot com dot org dot net. <laughs> Even I violate. Tell me this story. Room. Just get to the point. I'm getting to the point. Uh, I found out, maybe you knew this, I may be the only person who didn't, that uh, you're not supposed to rinse your mouth after you brush your teeth, that you're only supposed to spit out the toothpaste and then let the rest of the fluoride stay in your mouth hmm. for uh, to, to do its work. Oh, you mean you're not you supposed to that? rinse it with water? Not supposed to rinse it with water yeah. or mouthwash? Uh, I didn't know the mouthwash Wash. part, but I, I, did, I did remember the water part. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the, and the re, one of the reasons why they ask you to brush your teeth for two minutes is so that the fluoride gets more of a chance to work, not just that it takes you that long to hit all the surfaces, because you can probably hit all the surfaces in about 30 seconds. Uh, and that was one of the mistakes I was making. <laughs> but uh, it's supposed also to help get the fluoride to kind of sink in and do what it can do. Now, I'm 60. Okay, so, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel old, although I did have one of those moments the other day where I, I, um, I forgot where I parked my car. And now that's happened before, but this was the first time it happened while I was still in it. So that, that's that a was a learning thing. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, well, I'm 60. I should know how to brush my teeth. I should know that you're supposed to hold the brush at a 45 degree angle. Yes, in and theory. you're supposed to stand in a tub of jello, which I'm guessing you did not know. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> Just checking to see if you're paying attention. 
since I took so long to tell the story. I know, but they do talk about those so, those high-end toothbrushes, and I guess they are worth having. I mean, most dentists say, do you use one of those fancy toothbrushes that vibrate? And you hold it up yes. right by your teeth and gums, and you, and that's the key, because you don't you don't want uh, what happened to you with the, the deep gum cleaning. So I, I believe had we're talking one, about your gums. I had one of those, and then it broke, and I thought, oh, come on. It's all hype. And so I went <laughs> a couple of years with a regular toothbrush, <laughs> And then I get the prognosis that, well, you got some gum problems here. And I said, how can that be? And they said, well, I thought, you, you, don't you have a sonic, you know, the, the vibrating toothbrush? And I said, uh, well, I did. It, it broke a couple of years ago. And they said, ah, well, that's going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be two appointments in this chair for about two hours each to fix the damage from you. And, and this, is, this is something my brother will say to me occasionally. He says, I see. So you had something that worked. I could see why you stopped doing that. <laughs> That sounds like something Mike would say. Yeah. Uh, And that, you know, that's even our our Bible lesson. It's, you know, you might think, gosh, I've read the Bible 142 times or, or one time. It doesn't really matter what, how many times you read it, but you can always go back to Genesis and say, how did God do this? How did he sneak more deeper information into this passage that I've read so many times? How does he do that? I know he knows when I'm asleep. So there is that, but it's, you, you go back and you say, I'm still learning from the same place. I mean, name, you, you couldn't take the same math class you took in high school. That's true. And you would say, well, I'm learning all the same things I already know, but you can study the same passage in the Bible. And each time it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And you say, this is a, it's amazing really, when you think about mm-hmm. it, in depth it is. I know. All I have to do is go to Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. And I'll read it in the King James Bible. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it, it's powerful. That's it is. It's lovely. And, it, you know, it's, this is why this is the only book I really need the whole rest of my life. And it's the only book I've ever needed my whole life because it is so rich and so nuanced and so deep, and like you said, Patrick, you can read it once or 142 times, and you're going to find and discover new things on the 142nd time that you thought, how did I miss this? And it really is the Holy Spirit at work in your life, bringing, teaching, leading, guiding you in ways that are new and exciting. This is why the Word of God is the most exciting book out there. You just gave me a great idea. Okay, what uh, is it? Now, of course, I'm saying it's a great 10%. idea because I came... Yeah, uh, just, you know, next time you do one of those Zoom meetings, you know, everybody likes to put their bookshelf behind them to show how clever they are, right? Have one book on it, have it be the Bible. That's it. I like it. I mean, don't you think people would notice that, that you'd have they a bookshelf would. with one book? Yeah, they would. They would like notice that. that more they notice, you know, I, I don't really scan people's books anymore. I figure they're for show. You go, you didn't read those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if one book back there, and it was the Bible, I'd say, boy, I bet you read that a lot. It's an, it's an interesting testimony, though, because I know people are intentional about what is behind them. And if they've got a bookshelf they're sitting in front of, you can bet that they have perhaps organized some of their books, made some more visible, maybe some less visible. I, had, mm-hmm. uh, I watched a guy do a, a, a little YouTube video, and I saw several spiritual books in the Bible, and I contacted him, and he became a guest on my show. So it is interesting. I mean, it's a strong testimony. 
I yeah, like it. And that was certainly intentional on his part. Did you ask him about it? I did. Yeah. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I like doing it. I like having it out there for people to see. Like, good for oh, him. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So here I'm in the radio station with, you know, a Bible in front of me, behind me. It's, the, the Bibles are everywhere, but there's no camera in here. So what are you going to do? Uh, well, so take my word I'm for taking, it. Your, I'm taking your word for it. Yeah, I think you should. All right. Let me take a little break and we'll come back. We'll figure out something else to talk about because I'm tired of talking <laughs> about your gums, to be honest. Okay. Patrick <laughs> Albanese is my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, the prestigious city of West Des Moines. We'll be right back. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. That theme song is for Patrick Albanese, my friend from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, would you please make sense of Dr. Fauci for me? I don't know if I can. Okay, we'll try. Uh, I mean, because here's something I go, is this science or not? We go from six feet to possibly three. Is that science? I uh, well, I it, now and I, here's the thing that I recall from uh, about a year ago. I think the original recommendation was three feet, and then somebody said, "Well, just double it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't that the you know the old bit about the fastest and safest way to to um, double your money is to fold it over? <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's. I'm not sure that that is true, but we all know that it was, you know, six feet, and um, then all of a sudden, just the other day, he said, eh, three feet's okay now," and it really kind of caught me off guard because I thought, "Well, I'm not sure if I understand the science. Did the virus of COVID get so weak that it can only travel three feet now? I mean, are we I, making I, that a sign of progress? I don't or, know. The, the the problem for me was. It's, I said, you know, when you change things like that and, and you know, he, he's gone from, you know, Matt, back last year in January, he said, it's nothing to worry about. It's just the flu. And so he changed his mind. That's okay. We get more information and sometimes we're caught off guard and we say, oh boy, this is much worse than the flu. But, uh, you know, then he said masks don't work. Then he said they, they do work. And then he starts talking about two masks and, but if two masks work, then six feet becomes three feet. And unfortunately, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody in the press really challenges his on things. They just allow him to talk and they don't ask a follow up question. So you say to yourself, are you making these things up? I need to know because you keep talking about I'm just quoting the science. I would like to know what the science is because it gets confusing. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of people violating a lot of the recommendations, because you lose some trust when you confuse people. Mm -hmm. You know, it just becomes very, you say, I don't know if, are you, you know, you can't explain this to me, then maybe I don't need a mask at all. And when, um, it, when it comes to science, it seems to me that it's a little bit of a moving target and scientists would largely agree. Um, yes. And I mean, if you take your, your uh, tax returns to eight different accountants, you're going to probably get eight pretty different tax returns. And they're all yeah. professional CPAs. Yes, that's why I'm having my dog do them, which is why you heard him barking. I know. <laughs> he wants so to know if that's a deduction, deduction or not. <laughs> <laughs> is, this right, yeah. is this squeak toy a deduction or not? This is, yeah, 
uh, I've done that with taxes. I will uh, sometimes, you know, it's like, let's see, there's TurboTax and there's Jackson Hewitt and there's, uh, I think, um, H&R Block and I think NPR might even have a tax program. <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, I, I, I'll be stunned. I'll start filling them all out because I could be a glutton for punishment at times. I, and I think, well, whichever one of you does the best for me, you get the gig. <laughs> so, right. so let's just go back to the, the science because it, it can vary because you'll see scientists making statements that are all different from each other. So you yes. think, well, is one more scientific than the other? Is one right? Is one sort of right? How does that work? You know, it's, it's, here's an interesting thing. The, um, I, I worked at a news station for just a year. And, you know, all kinds of people believe all kinds of things in any walk of life. But um, let's take uh, global warming. Uh, and there would be many people that I say would, you know, that worked at the station that say, you know, here are the things that are going on. And you know who to a person didn't believe that stuff were all the weather people. And they were the only scientists we had. Yeah, it was it was, it was kind of ironic. There, you know, I'd, I'd talk to them. They'd say, "No, you know, I've seen these these temperatures have been before. You have to dig a little bit deeper. We've only been taking recorded temperatures since 1870, so that maybe isn't a good way to do that. Depends on the weather station. You know, they closed the weather stations in Siberia. I, you know, I they know all these things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they 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 have a more scientific approach. They take things with a bit of a grain of salt. And say, I, you know, I need a little bit more evidence other than somebody woke up and said, I don't ever remember it being this hot. Because we say that every year. Right. I don't ever remember being this cold. I don't ever remember it raining this much. It's like, well, it, yeah, a year ago, <laughs> two years ago, around February last year, it was pretty cold. And so, you know, you, you can't necessarily take anecdotal evidence. And I wonder if even on some of the COVID stuff, if we're taking things just at, at face value, because somebody said, this is what works. Let's do that. But a year ago, we were all wearing rubber gloves everywhere. And eventually they said that it doesn't transmit that way. OK, we know that now, but you'll still see people doing it. You say, you know, yeah. you haven't got the information yet. You left your groceries in the garage for like three hours before you brought them in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was a good idea to <laughs> spray them down with weed be gone either. <laughs> no, that was not a, a good idea. We, we, but- we were pretty scared at first because we didn't know. We didn't know. And Dr. Fauci, I don't know if people will connect these dots, but he was the doctor that was in charge of, of the HIV crisis back in, was it the 80s? Yeah. Uh, and initially, uh, the gay community did not like him because he had first come out and said, this appears to be a, a disease that's striking predominantly in the gay community. And so there are certain things that we might need to do, and uh, people didn't take kindly to that. And, and as you may recall, they started saying, oh, this could hit anybody. You could sit down somewhere incorrectly, uh, and, uh, you know, you could get it. And there were scare stories, and we, we know now, you know, we, we got a lot more information. But for the longest time, people were afraid to do a lot of things. You know, they were afraid to say, I'm not going to use a public restroom because the the HIV virus could be in there. And then we found out that you can't get it that way. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, how much we'll know about COVID in a year or two. And we'll say, oh, can you believe the things that we used to do? Maybe we were right. Maybe we're wrong. Mm-hmm. But, but it is when it comes to science, you, you wonder what scientists you listen to. What Which one are you supposed to be following? Which one is the authority? And I seem to never quite understand who you're supposed to be tracking. 
Yeah, and, my, and one of my concerns with Fauci is he's Fonzie, <laughs> in that you know he can't do the I was because I would I would enjoy him much more as as a scientist and say I think this guy's a square shooter if he could at least come forward and say I was wrong about this only being the flu that it was nothing to worry about. But no apology, you know, came yeah. forth. He, he just moved on to the next thing. And, you know, he's getting to rewrite his story. It's like, I've been right about everything, uh, which he did say something pretty similar to that not too long ago. I haven't made any mistakes. Like, mm -hmm. why? Well, I, I, I beg to differ. Um, and I would trust any scientist, just like I'll trust any person that says, you know what? I've gotten more evidence uh, you know, as as an old friend used to say to me, I have my opinions. Give me more and better information. I could change my opinion. Mm -hmm. I very well could. I just need more and better information than what I currently have. Yeah. The problem, and if you have it, I'd like to hear it. Problem, yeah. Patrick, could be hubris. There's a big word I haven't used in a while. Yes. I, I what does that mean anyway? You're so boastful about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it means. I just like using it every once in a while. Yes. Hubris. 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 Yeah. yeah, I, I, you know, and I don't discount the fact that it is kind of fun to be on television. Uh, I'm not saying that he, you know, but uh, they, when you get elevated to the point of a media darling, I think it becomes very tempting to want to stay in that good camp mm -hmm. in their good graces, and uh, that's that's a, that's a hard thing. Mm -hmm. Speaking of media, Don Lemon made this statement after the Vatican declared that God cannot bless same-sex unions. Don Lemon came out and said, God is not about hindering people or even judging people. Oh. There's an authority. But Don Lemon is, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> There's the hubris once again. Yeah, because that sounds like a judgmental statement, which, of course, we, we all, you know, discernment, I think, is a word you and I both prefer over judgment. You know, it's... Uh, there, there are people that, you know, when you were young, you know, mom and grandma would say, I don't want you hanging out with those people. And you'd say, they look like they're having fun. She says, for a while. <laughs> and you realized, you know, it was, it was good judgment, good discernment to, uh, uh, choose good friends, mm -hmm. good and people to be. Yeah. Good and just thinking of those earlier days when you're in high school, I mean, those can be some very difficult, challenging times, but they go quickly. And to encourage your children or grandchildren that if you are uh, feeling like this is a tough time in your life, you might be right. It might be a tough time in your life. Tough time. Just and it will pass. It. it will pass. And we're always very careful with our kids letting them know, you know, life, it's got a lot of minefields. There are places that you can step. You don't even know you're about to take a misstep. Uh, but, uh, you know, you choose to do something on, on one certain day, you know, I, I look at people, you and I know people that have succumbed to addiction and you say it all started one day, mm -hmm. it started one day with one decision and, uh, life has got a lot of those and, and some things are forgiving and other things are, you know, permanently life altering. And you say, I just made one bad choice, mm -hmm. one bad choice. And we don't know what those things are. Mm -hmm. We don't know going to come our way. So life can be pretty tough. Um, you know, it, we, we, we try to be very open with our kids, even they're going to be 11 and 12, saying, you know, you got to be leery of mistakes. Some yeah. of them never go Some never That's go true. away. Patrick, thanks for mm -hmm. Monday getting the show started. I'll chat with you again soon. 
Talk to you soon. Yep. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We'll take a break, and then the Monday afternoon mix is coming up next. Pastor David Miles. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. You know, I love Mondays, and for good reason. It's always nice to chat with my friend Patrick, and then I segue smoothly and seamlessly into the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles. Hello, Bill. Hey, David. How are you, I'm my friend? I'm doing good. How are you You doing? are a pastor at New Hope Church and also an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern. Yes. We are so blessed to have you connecting to, to our kids, teaching them, great, encouraging them. Great group of kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just just some really neat things going on in their lives. Some, you know, it's an interesting time. It's a confusing time for some of them. It's been a... Um, you know they're they're on they're on a journey and it's it's neat to get emails from them and kind of hear some of the things that they're they're thinking through and wrestling with and and uh, trusting God for and so yeah that's been that's been neat and I see Rosie is in the house Rosie's in the house how you doing Rosie Look at that. She's I am good turn on her mic and talk today I know that makes I'm... me very happy just so you know oh it's it's a step in not being so new on the board how yeah. about that there yeah. you go and. The, you know, Bill, I, last time I saw just some, some beautiful sunny weather behind you last time. Mm-hmm. What do we got going on here today? We got a little... Uh, Looks like the return of winter. A little return of winter? Yeah. Looks yeah. that way. I'm telling what, you. Are you checking something on your phone? Uh, I am. You know, because like here, we're kind of... <laughs> we're we're kind of in a live show, well, just so you know. You know. But see, like, we could actually... <clears throat> we got snow, but Kansas City, uh, our friends down in Kansas City at the station, they got 52 and Ooh. tornado warning. Oh. Wow. You know. Yeah. I take the snow. You take a snow? I'll take the snow uh, over the tornado warning. Yeah. I don't like those. Well, you know, the snow just kind of showed up. The tornado warning that our our friends down at uh, KJNW uh, that they're having, it's it's apparently some things can change. And, you know, Bill, before we came on, was we were, we were sharing, and I had mentioned that my, my wife had, you know, needed to stop at the hospital and, you know, have an appointment and stuff, and we were actually coming out, and we um, ran into uh, one of the, the high schoolers that we knew, and um, you know, he, he he's there, and and Tammy just having such a mom, you know, just just momified, she's just got that, you know, presence, and and uh, he wasn't getting away with saying he was doing okay, because uh, he wasn't. And we're mm-hmm. like, so like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, he's like, my dad's heart stopped like four times last night. Oh, boy. And we need to do surgery and, and things like that. We're like, whoa, you know, you know, what, you know, that's pretty major. And so, um, but got an opportunity to sit down and, and talk with, with our friend and just, you know, hear his story and, and, and walk through and share the gospel and, and meet his nurses and stuff. And so. You know, we we walk through the gospel, and uh, uh, just to kind of say, because I mean, like, what else can you really say? Like, if you were to die today, um, do you know Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because like last night, you basically died four times. You know, and so, um, but ended up hearing a powerful story, and uh, you know, a gentleman just shared his life. Uh, you know, growing up in in uh, uh, rural here in Minnesota, and engaged, you know, had just some rough things and, and drugs and 
And he actually shared the story of being fishing one day. He, he was ready to just kind of check his life away, and he was walking out, and he grabbed his fishing pole. And basically some guy he never saw showed up and basically told him, you need God. And he had an entire, he said, Dave, I had an entire three-hour conversation with this guy, but I never said anything because every time I was about to say something, it's like he knew what I was going to say, and he answered the question for me. And, uh, and he said, you know, um, he said, you know, you don't need to just know about God. You need to know God, and you need to trust him. And he said the craziest thing happened. He said um, he was sitting there, and, like, literally, he goes, this, this thing just, like, grabbed a hold of him and literally pulled all of the desire for meth and cocaine out of his system. Wow. And he was like so floored by it. And then he went to turn and the guy was gone. Oh, do you think it was a guardian angel? I think so. So I, I opened up scripture and went to Hebrews chapter 13, you know, verse one, where it talks about, you know, show hospitality to everyone because uh, in doing so, you don't know when you've entertained angels. Now, we don't have time to fully g- get into this, uh, but he would tell the story about it would be several years later because he went looking for this guy for literally like 15 years, driving over to this bridge by Monticello to find him, could never find the guy. And then he said, you know, I was driving in, out in Portland, Oregon, driving my truck, uh, and he said some guy came bouncing down the hill. And the guy got in the car, and he's like, you know, why, why do I know this person? And, and, like, he just gave him a ride. And he said the guy got to his, 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 uh, his place, and he got out, and he, he turned to him, and he said his name and said, keep trusting the Lord. And he was like, I know. And he said, Dave, I jumped out of the car, jumped out of the truck. He goes, I ran around to tell him thank you. And he goes, there was no one there. No, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I struggle with and these so, stories a little bit. I know. I struggle yeah. with it. And so his, his testimony is that the day, that day, from that day, and he says, I believe, like in treatment, he goes, I believe in all those various things. He goes, but from that day forward, he goes, all my desire for cocaine and meth was gone. And he goes, and I, I haven't used since that day of fishing. That part I liked. And so, so we talked about it. And he's like, you know, when I tell this story, he goes, Dave, when I tell this story, people think you're crazy, you know. You're absolutely nuts. Um, and so we, we walked through the gospel and talked a little bit. And, then, and, and he said, you know, one of the things I struggle with right now, he goes, is organized religion. He goes, I, I don't, you know, do it. He said he, he grew up um, Roman Catholic. And he said, you know, he's wrestling with all the whole issue of uh, two things he said to me. The whole issue of abuse that's going on in the churches, both Catholic and Protestant, and again, I don't know how I keep finding these people, but he's like the whole issue of race. And he says, Dave, he goes, I, I can't. I, he goes, those are two things I struggle. And he goes, so he goes, if I do go, he goes, I find a black Baptist church and I go and I listen to the message. Like I'll slide it. And I'm just, but it was just really kind of crazy. And, and what does all this mean? It wasn't on my day planner that day. You know, one was, yes, being with my wife to support and love and walk with her do an appointment that she had, you know, well-checked. But it wasn't on my planner that we were going to run into this person and find out that this person's heart had stopped four nights. And I talked to the person's nurse. And so, guys, if you're driving and God slayed someone on your heart right now, and you're kind of like, you know what, I don't know. Like, should I? Uh, yes. Well, you know, I, I might... 
I might, f- you know, flub up saying something. I, I, you know, they might wonder, why am I calling just to check? Do it. You know, flub up loving them versus just remaining silent. And so let me just encourage you. And, and, and for those that you've been praying for, those, you know, it might, it might just be dropping off some warm banana bread today and uh, sharing your story with them. But whatever that is, take, a, take advantage of it. And for the opportunities that come, come your way, take advantage of those as well. Mm-hmm. I don't see you walking into the studio with any more banana bread. I haven't. I haven't brought any coffee. No, you haven't. Which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Bill doesn't like coffee. No, I love coffee. You love oh, coffee. I'm crazy about it. Okay. Yeah. Favorite type? Um, you know, I love a good latte, non-fat latte, Ooh. small one. Flavor? No flavors. No flavor. No. Just straight latte. Extra hot. So can people come and see you and drop off a latte? Yes, they can. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you can. I don't want to. You know, yeah, because you you know how to get into this studio. <laughs> I was going to say there's going to be a line of people outside no, no, no. now. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, Wise Kevin said, "Divine appointment or angel?" That connected to that story you gave. Um, yeah, I would say like both. Yeah. You know, here's here's the thing. You know, we talk about Psalm 24, verse one. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all who live in it. And here, here's the deal. This, this might not sit well with people, but put on the clothesline of your mind and let the Holy Ghost blow through it. Psalm 24, 1 says, this is God's world. So being that it's his, he's free to do whatever he wants to and to move in whatever way he wants to according to his holiness, his glory, and his good. Because when it comes to the, to the salvation that you and I actually rejoice and celebrate, Scripture says unsinning, unerring angels long to look into the mystery of salvation. Because who would have thunk that the eternal Son would put on flesh, come be one of us, die a death on a cross that he let grow into a tree, and give breath and strength to the very people that he was coming to save to allow them to put him to death to raise from the dead. And so, so one of the things is that I, I love God's word. I love theology. I love doctrine. And one of the, the, the interesting things that's happened, you know, great. We have systematic theology and stuff. One of the dangers that can be is that we have begun to explain away the transcendent awe of a holy and perfect and, 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 and un and incomprehensible God. Because sometimes we want so much just to have a grasp on stuff. And it's like God is so much more, so much more than we could ever imagine. And I stand by the statement. I don't think that Edwards or Calvin or those two, the reason why we have our faith today, those two North Africans, Augustine and Anathanasia, along with Tertullian and Cyril, I don't think any of them are up there saying, um, and, and Jesus is sitting there saying, oh, you know, guys, uh, yeah, when you talked about that, you know, I, I didn't quite get that one. I really think that they're saying, Lord, we thought we knew you. We, we thought that we understood you, but it wasn't even dimly through a glass we were looking. Like, you are so much more than we could ever imagine. And and one of the things, Bill, that we have to be particularly careful about is that in Scripture it was constantly the people who weren't supposed to get it. You know, 
the people that wouldn't make it through Northwestern's HR process, and they they maybe didn't have all the things theologically tight, but those were the people that Jesus knew, and it was people like me from my alma mater of Trinity Evangelical Divinity School that Jesus looked at and said, yeah, you don't even know the power of God or the scriptures. So I think you and Patrick were talking earlier about about hubris and mm-hmm. about arrogance. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, we we need to start with ourselves. And we and, and if we get into this whole thing of saying, yeah, you know, the Bible says that God hates those who he hates. A lot of times our hubris is that we often think it's those people out there. We don't stop to think that it's us. You know, we, we don't start stop to think and say, God have mercy on me, a sinner. We say things like, you know what? I got a bookshelf full of wonderful theology books and I went to this school and I go to this church and I tithe and I, you know, we do all these things. I'll tell you one thing. When I was talking with this, this one man whose heart stopped four days or stopped four times the other day, I had to, I had to even just check myself because there were certain little normal hooks that we look for that people say, I was looking for that as he was sharing in his story. And this guy has a genuine walk with God. You know, does he speak like he's theologically trained and all that? No. But I, I know some, you know, some really, <laughs> there's some really theologically trained people who hate people mm-hmm. horribly. And sad, sad to say, our theology, our lost cause of the South theology that forms so much of evangelicalism, which was based on a, a failed civil war, and th- there's a lot of there's a lot of race issues. And if you read the stuff that people wrote who said that they love God about other people, it's it's pretty horrendous. And so so God give us wisdom. God give us humility. And God help us not to forget our chains, our chains. All right. So that wasn't where we were exactly planning to well, go. Well, no, today. we were going to talk about false prophets and <laughs> teachers today out of Second Peter two, and we haven't even gotten there yet. No. So let's take a break, and then we come back, and we can pick up there. You're listening to the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles. We'll be right back. Neither. Well, well, come on. You could. No, I can't. Well, I'm sure you could. <laughs> if I spend 10 hours a day for the next 25 years, I might be able to. Yeah. 
Well, we were laughing earlier because, uh, you know, as we were going to break, I was like, well, that wasn't what we were planning. And I said, man, wasn't that fun? We got cut out fun. So, you know, yeah, we're going to tell you about that, you know, because there's all these things that, though they're hidden here, at the end of the day, God knows. And mm-hmm. God knows what's going on um, in our hearts. Pra- speaking of practice, I love this quote by Pablo Casals, the great cellist. Ooh, talk to me. 86 years old, still practice five hours a day. Somebody said to him, Mr. Casals, you're 86. Why do you practice five hours a day? He said, because I think I'm getting better. <laughs> That's good. That's cool, isn't it? That's good. Yeah. Well, it's nice because we're, we're constantly a work in progress. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, being that we're in Peter, Second um, Peter, going back to the very beginning of the book, um, Peter, he's writing to this this diverse group of people that are dispersed all over the kingdom, experiencing persecution. And so uh, he tells them, you know, God has given divine power uh, so that we could be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that's in this world because of sinful desire. And he says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue with and virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, Self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. And I love, again, you know, what, what um, the, the, the cellist you were saying? Yeah. As a reminder, he says, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being effective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I, I love the mercy part that God gives us there. That it's that it's increasing, you know. That that we're asking him to increase this in us. All right, so let's go back to Second Peter two because we were working on that the other time, last time we were here, and this is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority. Bold and arrogant. There's the hubris again. Yeah. They are not afraid to heap abuse on celestial beings, yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not heap abuse on such beings when bringing judgment on them from the Lord. But these people blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed like animals, they too will perish. That's through verse 12. That's through verse 12, Mm -hmm. yeah. Boastful and willful. I mean, like, you know, one of the things... um, Bill, and I think we talked about this one time, a, a verse that would maybe seem like not a favorite verse, but it, it really is a good verse to have, which is um, 2 Corinthians 13. And it, you know, Paul tells them, tells the Corinthians, examine yourself to see whether you're in the truth. Test yourself. Do you not know Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And the part that we love is that he asked the question because um, my mentor, um, dear brother named Jan Moskowitz. He was North American director for Jews for Jesus before he went home to be with the Lord. And I remember he once told me, he said, David, the, the higher, he just used this term, the higher or the more leadership and influence you get or the higher you climb in an organization or anything, he goes, the more difficult it is to get people to tell you the truth about who you are. And he goes, you need to seek out people who will basically tell you your, your armpit stink. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so... With that, when we look at stuff like even false teachers and truth and all those various things, um, there, there's there's this there's this temptation 
um, to want to shirk. We want to shirk back. We, we want to kind of pull back and be, you know, a little bit, a little bit easier with those who are closer to us, you know. And so then instead of delving into other things, we get into diversionary, you know, conversations and the like. And so, for example, you know, um, me, when I, when I used I was just up in Fargo visiting uh, NDSU myself. Now you're bragging. School. Now you're bragging. Yeah. And I got to walk on campus. And being on campus, I got to, for me, it was actually really neat because I was walking on campus. It's like, oh, man, I remember when I got to see the Lord lead a friend of mine next to that rock next to Askins Hall. And when got to see another friend come to Christ in the bleachers of that softball field. And, neat. You know, and things like that. And so, but one of my things that I did while I was up there is I worked uh, fundraising for the Republican National Convention. And so, like, I, for years, you know, well, not for years, but for a good chunk of time, you know, raised a bunch of money and so knew the playbook, you know. And so kind of current kind of crop of politics, it's not the playbook. And so, and I'm often not really so much concerned about outside people. I'm sometimes more concerned about us. You know, I'm concerned about the church. You know, I'm concerned about our witness because all this stuff will pass. And so, you know, it's one thing for us to say, you know, we're concerned about hubris and we're concerned about lying and even as you and Patrick were talking earlier about Fauci, I'm concerned that he's not being truthful. You know, but he was in an untruthful administration. And don't worry, Biden doesn't get a pass on it either. I mean, I'm not really big. I mean, like Biden was about the whole super predators things with Hillary Clinton about black people. And now pretends to be, as, you know, be friends with them. But look, even if you don't agree that the president told over 30,000 mistruths, you can cut it in half. Cut it a third. But at the end of the day, when we're inclined to make passes because there are people that we like or they support the things that we do, that's problematic. And I remember having conversations with people of color. I remember having a conversation with my mom. And I told her something that President Obama did, you know, when he said, you could keep your doctor. And I said, well, he lied, singular. Okay. And I said, you can't pass that. I mean, like, we have to stand for truth. And as, as a conservative, if I'm going to say that's wrong, then I can on the other side when people who are even on the team, meaning all the people pre the 2016 election who are Republicans and said this person's untruthful. So I can't sit there and just be like, and then do whataboutisms because that, that doesn't do anything. Because now, how's that flesh out? Well, right now, you have legislation being passed to basically disenfranchise people of color who are voters under the so-called thing of voter fraud. And following this stuff, the president actually disbanded his voter fraud commission with Chris Kobach because they didn't find it. There's plenty of voter suppression, ergo why we have voting and Supreme Court amendments. There was a... Amendment for a civil rights voting act because there's been suppression. So we have to be careful letting stuff. Now, I have concerns about impropriety and I have concerns about people being truthful. As Tony Evans says, the left wing and the right wing are broken because the church was meant to be the answer. Jesus didn't go Republican. He didn't go Democrat. He did not go to Herod and he didn't go with the Pharisees. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. So so we, we, need to, 
we need to do that because otherwise when we start thinking about false teachers, then we just kind of, we, we kind of stay in safe places like, you know, culture wars and prosperity gospel or, you know, um, you know, uh, marriage issues and Don Lemon and things like that. But then we don't get into something that CT is writing on. And I'm talking with other pastors who don't know what to do because people in rural areas have lost family members to QAnon. But we don't talk about it. And so we spend time talking about stuff. And then when we come to our things, then all of a sudden we kind of go, let's take a break. And we can't do that because that's the charge that happened in the book of Malachi, the second chapter. Malachi comes and and God basically says to the the pastoral leadership, you guys are cherry picking stuff. And we actually get the most credibility when we can speak honestly. Like I can speak honestly as a conservative and I can speak honestly as an evangelical because I am one. And I find I get a lot of ground in sharing the gospel because most times people don't think that we'll, we'll deal honestly with stuff. So if we're going to, if we're going to deal with these, we have to say, God, search me first. Mm-hmm. David, thanks. The Monday afternoon mix is already over. Fastest 30 minutes in on a Monday. In, yeah, on a Monday. Yeah. Any day? Well, no, just on a Monday or any day. I like that. With time passing by, please remember, whoever's in your mind right now, please call them. Share the love of Christ with them. Mm -hmm. Share the gospel with them. Please, please, please. Be kind, be tender, be loving. Let them know you love them and care about them. David, thank you. Thanks, Bill. Yep. We'll take a little break. We'll come back. Hour two is just ahead. Can't believe it's already hour two. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. And we're going to talk about when a marriage struggles. What happens when a marriage loses that loving feeling, why do we argue so much with each other? And does counseling address the question of sin and self selfishness? That's all next with Dr. Glenn Pickering. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.